here we are with Mr. Lee Charles, or otherwise known as Underpants Len. And the, the funny thing is, before we get stuck in with this, normally when I have, say, fighters on, I have their topology up, whereas you, I've got your IMDb up, and wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How are you today, my friend? How's things? I'm really good. I'm good, thank you. Uh, a, bit, a bit strange being locked in for the last eight weeks, but other than that, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, to be honest, I'm quite grateful for the time off and to be able to to reset and get back to plan on getting back to some kind of normality sometime in the future. Well, that's it as well. How are you finding your time anyway? Now you're off. Are you training still? Are you just switching off? What's your current, you know, um, I've, I've been doing sort of online class. I've got you know, a little martial arts school, um, which you do as well as the, the acting and, and the stunt work. Um, so I've just been doing some little bits of online stuff for them, and I do my, my own training every day. I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, I go to my dojo and I try to train every day. I do some hit circuits and I do some rounds on the bikes and stuff, and I just try and keep myself as as motivated as possible. I think it's easy to fall into a negative attitude and think that the, the world's sort of getting on top of you when really you know it's like when are we ever going to have this opportunity to be able to just chill and do what we want and not have any any stress of anyone forcing us to go back to work so i'm just using it as a positive and within within the way my mindset works anyway you know i'm just i'm just utilizing the opportunity to spend time with my son and and do the things that i wouldn't normally be doing so watching lots of box sets on telly <laughs> so. But this is it. it's almost like school holidays again, isn't it? Like because everyone else is off as well, the pressure to like you know like you're missing out whatever really isn't there. So it's a bit more like you know of an actual break instead of you know that kind of laziness as such. You see what I mean? Yeah, I mean I just as I say, you know, for, for me it's just sort of I've been able to do stuff that I sort of normally put off. Um, you know, I've had my best intentions to do it in the past, but it's just finding time. You know, between. You know, going away and filming and doing the stuff that I do. Then my family, then my martial arts school. I do uh, little bits of personal training stuff as well. So my my diary predominantly is is really busy and it's just it's nonstop. And I I like it like that. I like to be busy. I like to be active. Um, so Gavin is the opportunity. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the first two weeks I had to buy seven week shops. So I just I didn't you know I think boredom was kicking in. I was like I need to stop eating. I need to stop eating. I need to stop eating. But once once I got used to the whole, you know, I'm quite quite an, quite an antisocial person anyway. I like to keep my keep myself to myself. Don't really go out and stuff. Um, so so it was just getting used to that, not having like the options of going to the local gym and work out for two hours and sort of meet up with my friends and have a coffee and stuff. Um, but once once I mean obviously once you go get into that routine and you just sort of. I'm just making the most of a sort of bad situation, but I don't like obviously apart from the the, the stuff that's going on with the deaths and stuff. I mean, I'm using it as a as a positive and just creating an opportunity for me to to press reset and just you know look forward to getting back out there. No, definitely. And one thing you touched on there, saying you like being busy all the time. I mean, this is it's good that you can still keep that kind of I don't know, that kind of pace as well with it. But so. I don't know where to even begin with most of this sort of stuff. So, so let let's jump around timelines because it's just easier that way. So, regards of Gangs of London, then, yeah. what was your training like whilst that was going on? When you have these roles, do you manage to train as well, or does that take a back seat? What's your usual routine when it comes to these things? Yeah, I mean, obviously, leading up to that, leading up to to the um, 
when, when, I, when I went for the audition, I was in really good nick. I was, you know, I, I, I tried to train between three or four times a day and I mixed my training up between my martial arts training, my jiu-jitsu and stuff and my, my, my kickboxing, my tie boxing and also my, my weight and obviously getting some kind of cardio in. To, I find it hard, like, it, it seems to be I do more now than what I did when I competed, which is really bizarre. Because, but, you know, it depends what it depends what, what the, the director wants and what the production wants from you. When I went for Gangs of London, um, I was in really good shape. I went for the audition. I knew I was having to strip off. I'd been told beforehand. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'm in, I'm in good shape. I don't mind stripping off being in, in, in this good shape, you know. So, so it was, obviously, I did the audition and I did the physical, the physical side of the audition in my in my pants. Um, and then I spoke to the direct, like the director spoke to me at the end, and he's like, you know, if you do get the role, would you be able to put some weight on? Because we want this guy to look sort of. They, they said like a, um, you know, the like a, the way a silverback gorilla looks, where mm. they've got like big shoulders and they've got this big chest, and then they've got like this belly. The whole thing about him looks like. You know, you know, you look at they're just monsters, aren't they? You know, you look at them and they're just big. So I was like, oh, you know, couple ways up. But yeah, of course, you know, it's part and parcel. Um, so for gangs in particular, I put two stone on for the role, um, and I basically just sort of cut my cardio down, increased my my weight training, so I could sort of have this physical appearance of being really big. Um, and ate loads of carbs. You know, I, I, I ate sort of loads of pasta, stuff that bloated, yeah, so pasta, potatoes and stuff. Um, and I tried to not I tried to not have anything that would have a detrimental effect um, for when uh, I finished the, the, the filming. So, I mean, I, I think that's, that, for me, that was the key thing, was to try and get back to some kind of normality with my, my shape as soon as I'd... I'd, I'd played the role and I'd, I'd been then um, <clears throat> because I was going straight on to another production like within weeks of being on that so it was sort of like I, you know I had to sort of drop weight as quick as I could before before that next role um, but in terms of you know I mean <clears throat> you know you, you've probably seen seen the the, the episode itself I mean at the, the time that I was filming when when we did that I think it was like five days and then we had pickups around about five days and then we had pickups at the end of it you know i was performing with that intensity for 10 hours a day you know so it's you know yeah i know so it's just it was just on me for for that time so you have you know it, as well as looking that big and being away i still have to have that sort of endurance and at that cardio to be able to do that to be able to not fatigue. Don't get me wrong. Every night I went home, I was, I was, I was totally goosed. I was, I was shattered. I was, you know, but you just sort of, you know, you, you know that, you know, I would, you know, my, my, my motivation for, for that particular thing was I was working with Gareth Evans. He's the director of the raid. You know, the, the raid changed martial arts films. It introduced a, a sort of like new uh, section in the genre, in the martial arts genre, you know, where you had this just sort of um, epic brutality, you know, and and so for me it was like, you know, I'm I'm working with the director of the raid, I'm working with the DOP from the raid, uh, Matt, and the stunt choreographer uh, Jude Poyer, you know, Jude, uh, I worked with Jude before, he was the fight choreographer for my fight with Dave Batista, so I knew the expectations of of what was sort of coming, and then you have the expectations from yourself, so I wanted to be sort of ready 
because I knew it was going to be mentally draining for Fruity and Jones and Jones that were there. So yeah, so so training, training wise, <clears throat> during the actual the actual filming, um, when I wasn't on set, I just slept. <laughs> well, there's a few things I really wanted to get there. First question is, did you do any method acting? You walk around the house in your underpants and your wellies. That's the, that's the first question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just get used to it. I, I read a lot on um, on psychopaths, and um, I, I read a lot. I watched a lot of stuff on behavioural patterns from from different different people on how to sort of. Because I didn't want to just go full out lunatic as soon as I, as soon as I started. Because it's sort of like I wanted the, the I was told by the, the director and the direction I was given. We wanted the characters to to grow. So as as every fight has a story, um, and you've you know it's important that within within that within that sequence you see the character development. So he starts off quite. I wouldn't say normal because the first time we see him, he's cutting someone up in a bath. But you know, he, he's 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 coming across as normal, quite so you sort of yeah, know, quite, you know, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's a bit unhinged within within that moment. And then as the fight goes on, and the guy is sort of like annoying me that little bit more that I can't sort of get rid of him. I get angry and angry and angry. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I you know, I read a lot on psychopaths and mental behavior anyway and stuff. So. It was a, uh, but it was it's just a, it was it was an interesting character to sort of to sort of get into and to play, and I think on set when I was on set, you know you sort of can't drop that energy so because you you know the viewers would be able to see so in between takes and stuff I just stayed completely pissed off. <laughs> so sorry to miss that. <laughs> but this is it. You got to find your way of making it work as well. One thing you touched on there was actually really interesting. The so there's a combination of things. So there's a few things we're going to go off on this random tangent now. So obviously the gaining the weight, and this is an interesting thing with the tra- martial arts training. Often it's associated with losing the weight and trying to lean out and trying to be, you know, as compact as possible. Whereas now you're doing all the training, but also all the eating as well. But then also to try and perform to a certain manner. So instead of when you fight, you've got to pace a certain way. You've got to, you know, be strategic. You're almost doing that, but in a different, almost the complete opposite. You're trying to blow like blow your load on set, and then you're trying to you know recover it as soon as you can, and then do it again. And also, I don't know, it's an interesting, the almost contradicting things of the martial arts training and also gaining the weight and trying to be brutish. If you see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when I first got into, um, <clears throat> I got into acting stuff. I mean, I I, I was over in LA with uh, with my instructor Benny the Jet or Kidez. Um, you know, Benny's a legend in, in the kickboxing. Uh, in the kickboxing world, he's like, you know, he's a legendary martial artist. I remember we were, you know, the first time I was starting off in the Lee Strasberg and I was training over there with him. And it's sort of like, we went over and the partner, the partner up and we were just going through some like screen fighting techniques and everything that you have ever been learned goes completely out the window. It's like, you know, if you watched a, a, a technical sort of, fight on screen the way fighters are trained to fight with the guard and how everything you know needs to to, to come at the angles that it comes at you know you, you you go to film and everything has to be big wide it has to sell you know so you know you, you know your old, yeah your old john wayne punches you know your big hooks and stuff so yeah so i mean I, I, at first i found it quite difficult you know when you've been you've you've trained at something for so many years to then go hang on you need to completely do the opposite to what you what what you've been doing before. So I did find it I find it quite difficult. I mean on on you know 
when you're when you're on set and you're there and you it's it's like like the character that I played in gangs Lennon, obviously he's angry all the time so you're trying to stay angry and, and perform and do everything that you're doing and everything's always about 100 percent if you don't get 100 percent then the audience it doesn't sell to the audience and the audience don't buy that character you know that, that that's one of the most important things so your energy levels have always got to be at, 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 at the at height um but when you're doing it for 10 hours a day and you're screaming for 10 hours a day and you're performing and you're giving it everything you've got i mean it did you know it it, it 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 does wipe you out it takes everything out of you you end up with uh you know you can start getting headaches and you know imagine shouting for you know an hour you know you know lifting people up and having this intensity constantly um you know, when I, you, you know, you've got to also take that into consideration with with the actor as well. You know, she, we had Shopee and we had this uh, stunt double men's, and they were in there doing doing their performances as well. So you know, you've got, and at the same time, everything has to be safe. So you know, with a fight, if you're throwing something, you're not bothered if it lands. With this, if you if you're throwing something and you've got to make it look like it's 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 gonna hit. But then you've got to have that control element elements as well at the end. I think it adds, you know, a little, a little, a little bit more to it. it. You know, it can be difficult at times, but you know, it's one of the for me, it's it's one of the most enjoyable things that I have done. Now that opens up so many more questions. So, regards to your actual training prior to that, then, like, so obviously when you're so doing your kickboxing, for example, you've got your crisp technique. You're hitting the pad with full whack, or your weights behind it. How do you then break that kind of habit you've built up over all the years? And then how do you then have the equivalent? Do you have like a, I don't know. So say you get like your Muay Thai coach. Do you get like a film Muay Thai coach that tells you how to do things all loopy and all fun and make noises and stuff, but also not hit the pad? No, yeah, no, I, th- I think, do, do you know what? I think a lot of it is sort of like, you, you can feel a lot, lot of it, if that makes sense. I mean, when I train, I just train hard. I always train hard. I train full out, you know, with the, with the guys that I train down, you know, my jiu-jitsu place and the, the, the tie place to go to with my with the instructor, Paul Paul Sheridan. Um, I, I, you know, I give it 100% every time I train. That, that's the only way I, I know how to train. Um, and then you just adapt it. You just, you just, excuse me, you just learn, you learn to adapt it and you learn to to process it over you know you've got to have that you you've got to have that fundamental i mean i've trained in loads of martial arts you know i've tra- trained in kung fu wushu taekwondo karate you know obviously jiu-jitsu thai boxing done boxing and stuff so so my my martial art background is very very vast it's a, it's a very um i've been influenced by a lot of different things and i've always been into film i've always understand understood the science behind film you know growing up watching bruce lee and jackie chan movies and stuff so i understood that you know certain things needed to be big and and, and stuff and you know i think when you when you're on there you just you know you rehearse beforehand and you get you get used you know you can't just go straight on there and go right we want you to throw a kick at 100 mile an hour but then stop it you know, you need to practice that. You need to rehearse that, and I think that's where the rehearsals come in, come in handy, and the and the previews and stuff. And with doing, you know, and it's just with experience. You know, experience. The more experience that you do, and stuff. And I think a lot of it, especially for fighters, is letting go of your inhibitions as well, because you know, you're not you're not doing it for real. And I think sometimes it can feel a bit. Well, it's fake, isn't it? You know. So, so you can feel a bit like, oh, 
you know, this 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 this, this, this wouldn't land or this would wouldn't go in. But it's not it's not designed for a fight. It's designed for film, and it's completely different. And I think once everyone understands how how them systems flow in movies, uh, and you get that understanding that it's not a fight, you kn- the stuff that you're doing is not for a fight. It's for a film, and it's to make it's to make the viewers go, "Wow, wow, that's amazing!" I think once you understand that, and you understand how to to bring that concept into into film, then it's easier. It's certainly an art in itself, and that kind of discipline to try and have that showmanship with your not even just you know the wwe kind of thing isn't this like <laughs> that but like on a much more pristine kind of level and a lot more from all angles kind of thing and also one thing i wanted to sort of touch on then obviously with your martial arts background and everything else with your competitions then have you always felt like more of a performer do you reckon this is why you've really shone into these kind of roles like when you actually go to fight you see what i mean um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think, think over the years, I mean, obviously it's just, I, I started off in karate and, you know, I've, I've, I've competed, you know, in, in all, all kinds of styles, the old kumite, semi, light, full contact, you know, I've done boxing and I think I just, I, yeah, I just, I just like to get in and do it. You know, I always, it's just, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a natural and, I used to think to myself, you know, there's only so many times I can get punched in the face before I actually start punching other people in the face and start getting my, my own back. Um, and I've just, with me, I've just had a sort of uh, a never say die attitude towards everything that I've done. Um, so when I when I got the opportunity to to get into film and, you know, I've always been a geek. I've always been, I've always been a big film, film geek and I've grew up on, on film. I think, you know, I was quite lucky growing up in the 80s because the genre that we, the action genre that we had in the 80s, you know, and you sort of your Van Damme movies and your Jackie Chan movies and then you had sort of your Stallones and your Arnie's and you always had this, like, like masculinity, heroic sort of of, of, of good guy. Um, so I, I sort of understood how to to, to perform, but it, t- it, took a, it took a lot of... You know, because at first you, you you get on there and you're like, oh my god, there's so many people watching. You know, and and and, and you know when you when you're doing it specifically when you when you're doing sort of like your training and stuff, you know, you just got to let yourself go and you've just got to imagine that you're in in that environment. And I say to everyone, you know, when you you know like you look at, I mean, I've got a five year old son Malachi, um, he's he's in my complete world, and I watch him play with his toys. And you know when he do sort of like when you're a kid and you just go into that. That, that world where nothing else matters around you. You've just got your toys or, you know, you pretend. I mean, we, we would have the other day pretending to kill zombies in the woods. Me and him, we had guns and stuff. And it's just about letting them inhibitions go and sort of, and performing and putting yourself, putting yourself there. I think a lot of people, a lot of people find it hard because they feel sort of silly, if, if that makes sense. You know, to, to try and, let go of the fact that you've got like 80 other people around doing sound and cameras and, you know, people running and you've got everyone watching you and then sort of the focus is, is on you. You've got to, I, I never, I never consider the other people around. I never bring them into my performance when, when I'm performing, you know, it's me, it's the actor and it's the environments that we're in and what we're, what we're creating to, to make that work. And I think, um, it, it is a, it, it's hard, it's a skill, but I think once you, 
you allow yourself to to be free in your mind and and put yourself in there you know everything that you watch on the telly and everything that you see you know in terms of films and stuff you know these these performers and these talented actors are all all doing the same thing you know they isolate themselves from 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 what's actually going on and put themselves in that moment and i think you know that, that, that that's a key thing to do again there's so much to break down from this so a few things i wanted to get into there then that kind of free mindset of okay i am this character there isn't the world around me i am now len like no more lee charles this is len i've got my wellies on I'm ready for action there's no nothing else going on <laughs> like it is a really interesting concept there and who sort of helped you develop that is it something you've come across yourself is it something you did when you were fighting that you'd play the role of a boxer almost or you'd play the role of a kickboxer or is this something that's come across fairly recently yeah don't get me wrong, my, my fighting, I mean, I was lucky, you know, I I had, you know, the, the teams that I fought on all over the world and stuff, you know, with, you know, I had the fighters like Michael Page on my team, you know, so, you know, you know, I, you know these are the people I, I, I was with all the time and we trained together and stuff and, um, <clears throat> and I was quite, uh, quite an angry fighter, I would say. Um, I, I was quite, uh, yeah, I was angry. You know, everyone used to say to me all the time, you're an absolute nightmare when you fight, but you're the nicest guy that I've met. You know, and it's dead weird. He said, you go on there and you just go in. And I think, you you know, you have to, you know, you have that mentality, don't you? Because as soon as you, you take yourself out of the situation that you're in, you're allowing other things to affect you. So your performance, it affects your performance. It affects everything. You know, you can't, you can't go into... To a fight, or you can't go onto onto that screen and allow things that are going on in your life to sort of creep into that moment. You know, it's you and that person that stood in front of you. You know, and that you know they're wanting to punch your head, and you know they're not wanting to come over and and shake your hand at that particular time. You know, you know it's a game. You've got to play that game, and that and you know and the game is to win. Um, so yeah, so I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Was I, I? I was. I was. I was sort of. I. I didn't really care when I fought. I just. I'd fight anyone. Um, and I think that. And I, I don't think I was particularly acting. I think it was just. I just really don't care. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not type of person. I'm not. I'm not particularly. Um, I don't, don't sound sort of big out of this, but I'm not particularly phased by by anyone. It's just sort of. You know, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, it's just. You know, he's going to hit me. I'm going to get knocked out. I hit him. He gets knocked out. You know, it, it, you know. At the end of the day, it's who plays that game better. It's who's tactically better. You know, and um, and and, and you know, yeah. I mean, the crossover. And to be honest, when I'm on set, if I've got a big fight scene coming up, I do the same thing from a fight scene as what I do, used to do when uh, uh, before a fight. So I go off into the corner. I sort of let out this large roar like a like a lion, and then I compose myself and then go back on. And you just see everyone on set go, "Oh my, what's he doing?" <laughs> so, but that's how I used to prepare for a fight, and I I think I used the same mindset triggering if that if, if that makes sense. So I'll I'll use that, that that sort of play into and bring that into to what I do. Now that is even more interesting, that because it's not even so much a playing the role then it's you're embracing the atmosphere you're embracing the situation you're not detached from it as such if you see what i mean you are like you said earlier about 
letting go of your inhibitions with it you are embracing what is going on that is a really interesting sort of right way around it so again with your um influences in like film and martial arts kind of thing then what was your sort of initial goal then like when you're watching these different sort of films has it always been the same kind of like martial arts action stuff has it been any other kind of genre that's really influenced you as such um in terms in terms of film i mean i just grew up watching everything you know i, I love old black and white movies with you know humphrey bogart and and stuff and i love i love lonardi you know i grew, grew up watching lonardi yeah. you know Abbott castello you know you got uh, james cagney jimmy stewart you know i i you know john wayne grew up watching western, western films with, with my, my parents and my nan, my nan and granddad and stuff so i had this like large influence of of films growing up i worked in a video shop when i was 13 so we used to we used to get these time coded videos that the 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 owner used to give us and go take home watch that and then let us know what you think of it and come back and stuff. So I used to sort of like review films when I was like thirteen working on this video shop. And for me, um, you know, I my initial my initial um, sort of induction into into movies and into martial arts was at the same time, and I was I was around five. My nan and granddad had just bought the first VHS video recorder in the in the whole family. You know, it was on the the remote was on a wire. You know, and 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 they got the whole family around us one day. And the two films that they hired out that day was uh, the Big Boss, Bruce Lee, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, quality so, film. Yeah, so they, they were the first two films. Uh, the first film we ever watched on on a video cassette was the Big Boss. Uh, and I've become obsessed with Bruce Lee. I was sick, apparently, when we watched it. There's, you know, there's a scene where the the all get is the all get cut up, and then he comes back to to the house, and they're all dead on the floor. And there's like like really fake red, the reddest blood you can you can find, and he falls over. Um, and that triggered my obsession with Bruce Lee um, and, and martial arts. And I just you know since I think growing up, I've I've probably watched like every martial art film there's possibly been out there to watch um action films or you know thrillers i'm, I'm into to, to all kinds and then i look at i look at like actors as well and you, you look at you know you you know more, my, my favorite actor of all time is probably robert de niro uh, i think robert de niro is just he, he's incredible and then you look to like the the modern day actors now you know to like sir uh, dicaprio brad pitt you know in you see, you see how they perform in the characters. Um, there's, a, there's an early role with Brad Pitt in a film called California, um, where he plays a character called Early, and he's he's sort of like a, a psychopath in that. And that was one of his first. I, I still think to this day it's probably one of his his best performances. Um, and I just I just look at stuff and I just watch I watch movies for the movie. So um, there's a couple of there's been a couple of movies that I've sort of like watched and. You know, the, the first time you watch it, you watch it as a whole. The next time you watch it, you watch it for certain performances. So I think, you know, one of the main films that I ever watched like for that type of thing was The Deer Hunter. I remember watching The Deer Hunter and, like, I mean, as a movie, it's just like, oh. So you just sat there and at the end of it, you're just like, oh, my God. There's so many things that went on, you know. You know, you know, you've got his relationship with Meryl Streep. Then you've got the fact that he went to Vietnam. You've got his two friends who both go off into, you know, John Savage is this like prisoner of war who, who gets like broken down and you know ends up in wheelchairs. Then you got Christopher Walken who ends up going nuts and starts playing Russian roulette. So I remember the first time I like I watched that as a film and I just thought to myself, I was like, oh my god, I think I watched it four nights consecutively. 
just to sort of understand every character and every bit of the film. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've always given hundred percent to to everything that I've ever done, um, and that includes, you know, you know, getting into into things, whatever I've gone in gone into as a hobby, and I I, I used to consider watching movies uh, as a hobby. I'd just get in and I'd just like, I'd really just sort of break down the film and the characters and see their performances and just, you know, and I think, you know, you get you get some performances that come along that are just absolutely mind-blowing, you know, like insanely mind-blowing. Um, and I just, I, I, like, I think because of the background, of it, I love talent, if that makes sense. Mm. I love talent. People, people with talent, you know, whether the dancers, whether the singers, you know, whether you've got, you know, performers, you know, anyone that's got, like, talent fascinates me. Um, and I, I just think, you know, I could sit there and, wa- and watch, like, talent, talented people all day. Um, not like the, this crap that they have on TV. <laughs> the reality people are just, you know, you, there's that much talent out there, you know, like, show it off, let, let, let the world see it, you know, and I think it helps... I think when you see talented people and you see people perform and stuff, it makes you grow as a person as well. I think before we we move on from that, it's a good thing you didn't watch um, Life of Brian, um, Holy Grail first. It could have been a very different career path. <laughs> <laughs> could be like um, Eric Idle. The weirdest thing was, we watched The Big Boss, right? And you just got this like one little scene where he falls over and, and the blood and, you know, all the rest is like all your kung fu stuff. And then you watch like the Holy Grail, and he's getting his arm cut off and his leg cut off, and there's nothing. My mum said, like, I was like to my mum, so well, I was sick of Bruce Lee, but then you've got this guy, like, going, obviously, you know, it's, it's really a flesh wound. Like, I said, but, you know, oh, it's me, a flesh wound. But you're just like, I was like, nothing, nothing. She's like, no, no, no. So, so yeah, could have, could have had a probably a career in comedy, should have, uh, the, the Holy Grail of, of uh, go first. <laughs> With me coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. That is. <laughs> I try and compose myself. Okay. So with um, so she said something there about it was part of a hobby. So your martial arts and your movies sort of really took a a starting point from there. That kind of really interest sort of sparked. But with your martial arts, then you've competed to quite a high level, like you know, six-time kickboxing world champion and stuff. I mean, it's not like it was a passing kind of trend. Then how come you got so engulfed in that then, opposed to the movies and such at that point yeah i just do you know what i think you know a lot of people take like the martial arts up as a hobby um i, I become completely and utterly obsessed you know i studied i studied martial arts from china japan uh, i studied the history i just i just i find that like the martial arts within itself is has so much more to offer people than just kicking and punching but and what they see from from outside i think I think you know if you if you look at it, um, and there's, and there's a difference between a martial artist and a fighter as well. The the you know the 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 I think that that needs to be understood as well. Um, and you know I, I was quite lucky enough to be able to have, have have done the two to be able to study the martial arts to be able to understand it. And I just I just love everything about it. I love like the whole um, this whole magical world that it's developed from. You know like the the history that it's come from. 
you, you look at, you know, the, the stuff that went from China to, into Japan, you know, it like sort of originated with Bo the Harmer when, you know, you got this guy from India coming to, to China and pass, passing on these things. So I think, you know, the martial arts and it just, I, I think it gives me direction as well, you know, and I, I try and teach that into all my kids now. And I think that the martial arts sets you up and gives you a certain certain disciplines and certain structure that you sort of you can take into every aspect of life and it can help you develop. You know, the first time you ever throw a jump spin kick, you know, you'd never think you know, it's like you'd never think you'd be able it would be possible to be able to do anything like that. You know, and I think when I was younger, you know, we didn't have com- well, we had computer games, so they used to take about four days to load. Um you know, or we we you'd have like two two stripes on it either side, <laughs> a, pong or a little a square ball. Um, so we we didn't have the luxuries that kids have got nowadays, and we didn't have the the accessibility that you've got to sort of like be able to watch stuff online and and stuff like that. So you had to go out and you had to physically do everything. Um, and I just learned and never say die attitude from it. You know, it just like for me, it just it just set me up and and me it. It give me the the martial arts give me the belief that nothing is impossible, um, in terms of having that like never say die attitude. And you know, when I think in today's society, I think a lot of lot of that's lost. Um, you know, and, and and it comes down to to having the ability to be able to get, get out there and do it. I think you know, throwing throwing that first jump spin or kick and falling over a thousand times and a thousand times more and a thousand times more, but not giving giving up to until you be able to do it. You know, I think I think, you know, that that that's that's a a skill within itself to be able to have have that endurance and have that uh, sustainability to be able to continually go. And I've just adapted that attitude to to everything that I do. So Again, those sort of traditional values you get from traditional martial arts, that kind of discipline, determination, that respect, and all that kind of thing. So, obviously, you've done a different variety of martial arts, though. So, what's sort of, I don't know, given you that need to expand as such? Or is it a case of you, would you want to be master of a certain few? Is it trying to emulate Bruce Lee in a sense of do ones you knew he did? Or is it, because obviously, in Jiu Jitsu as well, like more modern martial arts as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, do you know what Bruce Lee said? Take what's useful and discard the rest. Mm. You know, and and I've always, you know, I've always be- had that believability in it. And it's, you know, and it's never about mastering, be- being able to master anything. It, for me, it's always been about being a student. Um, it's never, you know, you know, you know, it, it's about mastering the art of being a student for me. In terms of, I never want to stop. I never believe I'll ever know it all. And I never want to get to, to that point where I do think I know it all. I think because the, the minute that you do that, you you lose the essence of, of why you started. You know, the whole the whole thing about, for me, for the martial arts is, you know, about discovering who you are. And every every martial art that I go, in, go into or every martial art that I've studied and done, I've, I've sort of got to a point where I've, I've made this self-discovery within myself that, you know, not everybody moves the same. Not everybody can perform something the same. You know, you can see someone do a roundhouse kick and the person next to them will do it. It'll look the same, but it's performed completely different. And I think it's that understanding um, for me. For me, I just, you know, I just, I like um, 
I, I love the martial arts. I love, I love everything about it. I love, I love the fact that you know you can, you can fight on the floor. You can fight standing up. I love the fact you can throw kicks, knees, elbows. You know, in it's sort of that development. I love that every every martial art has it comes with its own science and its own um, sort of uh, structure to how the, the the techniques are thrown and developed. And I just chip away, um, you know, like like a sculptor. You know, I, I, I treat it as that way. You know, when a, when a sculptor has clay, he just doesn't stick the clay down in a big lump and go, Ta-da, that's it. You know, he just keeps, you know, he, he chips away at every every bit of clay until he's got what he wants. Um, and that, that, you know, that, that, that's it with the martial arts for me. I just, you know, I take, I, I go whatever I've gone into, you know, whatever style I've done, um, and I go in and learn. It's just, do you know what? I think it's it's just good to to continuous continuously develop who you are and to continuously be a student. You know, you, it's it was just one of them things. I think you know the, the martial arts took over my life, and you know to to stay in one discipline for me would have been um, I, I wouldn't have been doing justice to who I was. A few things you've really highlighted there are so like poignant with this. The whole beauty of the thing being an art. Same with you said with your acting as well. The kind of emotions you feel, the honesty, the sort of kind of development side that the whole mindset of everything. And it's so interesting hearing the similarities and the way you'd sort of describe the two and the sort of wanting to try different things, wanting to expand, wanting to learn, wanting to be better at it, being prepared to fail. And again, that outsider perspective on it, understanding that it's. I don't know. You could see the same, show the same thing to different people, and they'll see something different, and that kind of open interpretation. It's so interesting. And one thing I really wanted to understand is your real transition point into taking the acting seriously, and how you sort of made that decision to get stuck in. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, I, I as I say, I started off with uh, with, with Benny the Jet, and um, I think it was around about two thousand five. Um, he gave, he gave me a call and sort of. Said, you know, I'm coming to England. When I, when I was in America, um, he said, you're now one of my students. You're part of my, my team, my, my, my stunt team and stuff. And uh, I want you to be my UK and Europe ambassador. So I was like, oh, you know, that's a massive, like, for me. You know, I was like, geez, it was bad enough. Like, I only went to his gym to punch your bag. I didn't mean to meet him or nothing. I didn't know that this was going to happen. And it was sort of a journey that, you know, I, w- I was just a lad going on on holiday, um, excuse me, on an extended holiday to the US. I wanted to go to LA because you know all the all do all the top schools were were in and around LA and and stuff like that, and and I wanted to to just train at Benny the Jets gym, so I went over there just to take a picture outside his gym, going, you know, there's me at Benny the Jets gym. End up going in there. Meeting uh, Cody, who worked there. Then I met Sarah's wife. Then I met, met Benny. Then they ended up in the Strasbourg. Then when I come back, you know, when I was there, he said, and we we finished. You know, I, it, it was just it was a phenomenal experience. And then I come back home, I get this phone call, and and I'm sitting there, and um, and it comes through, and it, it it's Benny, and he says to me, you know, what are you doing for the next couple of months? We're coming to the UK, and we're, and we're making a movie, and I want you to come down and train help train one of the actors for the film. So I was like, oh, you know, love to quit my job. Um, Cause obviously my job wouldn't give me the time off to do it. And I just thought, you know, I need to, I need to make this decision for myself as to what I do. You know, I've been handed an opportunity here that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get again. 
So we did it, um, and for a couple of years, you know, I did, I did a couple of things with, with Sensei, went over to Bulgaria and stuff, did, did some bits in the UK. Uh, then I had a part of my life um, that sort of took over, married, divorced, so quickly forget about that. Um, and I had a bit of time out, and then it was about eight years ago, I think, eight to nine years ago, um, a, a guy called Joey Anzar, um, who played Desh in Bourne, um, sent me a message and he said, "Listen, he said, you know, we're making we're making a movie uh, with Scott Atkins, um, and I want you to can you come on board?" So um, I was like, "Yeah, you know, love to work with Scott. You know, you get a chance to fight Boyka. You know, it's like awesome. Um, you know, I, I knew knew Scott before. Uh, I was meant to have done a film in 2007 um, over in Bulgaria, which you know, I, I never come off for." for I was doing my opening my first club then and stuff, and there was a lot of things that were going on in my life. Um, so it never never transpired. So getting the opportunity to obviously work with Scott and stuff. So I said, yeah. So you know, it was Green Street Three. Uh, we went down. I had a fight team with Scott. Um, I took took a, a few hits for real um, because we we couldn't sell sell the shots any other way. So I took a head kick and I, I got my head stamped on on concrete. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, do you know what? It, it, it was me. I, I was me. You know, we we had we had we had this shot that that was being thrown in slow motion, and it just wouldn't look right. So I just, you know, I obviously um, I just said, you know, if it's if it's one shot, then just just throw the shot, and and we got it, and it, it, it looked spectacular. And I think from there, uh, I just caught the attention of a couple of producers that were there uh, that were had other projects coming up. They phoned me for other projects, and then it just sort of snowballed. I sort sort of got started to get put in front of people um and then you sort of go oh, i'm quite good at this <laughs> you know i quite like this i like performing i like to be in front of people and then just getting the opportunities to 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 go to auditions and do auditions and um they're they're really hard auditions auditions are really hard especially if if you if you don't know much about what you're putting yourself into in terms of because because if you're not successful you don't get no feedback you don't even get a no you don't get anything no one yeah so so when you you know and as a fighter you know predominantly being a fighter you know everything's about ego so so for me i'm going for auditions and people aren't even getting in touch with me i'm like why aren't they getting in touch with me i've done something wrong and um and then you just you learn to sort of as as time goes on you learn to adapt and you and i used to always I used to think, you know, you go to some auditions and I'd sit there and think to myself, oh, I'm not good enough. No, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So before you go in, you've already defeated yourself. And I'd be like, and I'd come out and I'd be like, why did I do that? Why did I defeat myself? Whereas now I, I'd like, I, you know, I have the thing in my head where I go in and I'm like, I'm here because they want me here. You know, they're here because they want to see me. It's not because because of anything else. They they want to see me. They think I've got the capabilities. And then could, you know, the audition can come down to to a lot of a lot of choices and a lot of different decisions. You know, it might be a look that the director's after for a certain character. You might not fit that look. It it, it can be nothing to do with the actual audition, and it can be do, it can do do with something really minor like they wanted you know the characters to be thinner or older or different hair color or you know so, so you never know what what vision they've got in your mind you just go and you just do what you want to do um so yeah so t- taking taking it from for me 
um, from from that. It was, it was probably at that point when, when Joey got in touch with me and I sort of had the opportunity to be able to perform with Scott and stuff. And, I, you know, I got some really good feedback feedback off Scott. And, you know, since then, I've worked on four movies with Scott um, and had the opportunity to fight him, fight him four times, which, you know, was a big, a big, big honour for me. You know, I hold him. I think he's probably the top top Western martial arts superstar in the world in terms of, of in, the, in the action in the action world as a as a Westerner. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so it just went from there, and then it's also like I started getting put in front of other other big people, and you know they would always comment on my performance and stuff, um, and that you know. You know, we, you know, as human beings, we feed, we, we feed on encouragement and we feed on on people's responses to how we are. You know, how someone treats you first thing in the morning can give you a totally different outlook to how your day is going to be. You know, if you 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 know you 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 meet someone in the morning and that puts you in a bad mood, and then you're in a bad mood for the rest of the day. You know, so I think you know getting getting the um, the feedback from people that I was working with and the, and stuff. It's just sort of um, helped push me further and further and further um, and have more self-belief in who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and the direction I wanted to take and then you go into sort of like learning <clears throat> excuse me learning more things to, to do with the trade itself I think it's important that you know you know, you know like I did one with martial arts you know you do as you act and you never stop learning you know you keep that development going all the time Again, there's so much to go into this. <laughs> um, wow. So, regards of your like, I want to say plan for like a loose sort of term, just sort of a a guideline. Did you have a someone you wanted to emulate, like a Scott Atkin, for example, or did you have anything else you've had a I don't know, like a preference to sort of follow that kind of blueprint for? Um, do you know what? Do you know what? I never, you know, I, I, well, I'm I'm saying that. I think subconsciously from a kid, I've always wanted to be Bruce Lee, and I know that I know that sounds dead, dead ridiculous. Put your yellow, yellow jumpsuit in the um. Yeah, <laughs> the no. I think I think you know, I think in my my genre, my you know, when the 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 the, the, the genre like before me, you know, my parents and stuff. I think growing growing up in like the eighties and stuff, and you know, Bruce Lee was just he, he was the, he was. He was it was the daddy, and I think as a kid, you know, saying to myself, "One of the Bruce Lee," you know, all my friends were getting mongoose BMX bikes. I was getting a black kung fu suit, sorry, black kung fu suit with slippers and rubber nunchakers. You know, that was that was my childhood. My whole childhood was just like I just wanted to be Bruce Lee. You know, I wanted to, you know, I'd walk around the streets doing the noises, and you know, you know, and just, you know, that that was my whole life. So I think. Probably in my subconscious somewhere, you know, that has always stuck, uh, stuck there. You know, the fact that, you know, Bruce always wanted to be the best that, that he wanted to, he wanted to be. You know, and that, whether that was his martial arts, whether that was when he went into acting with his movie career. Um, obviously, then, then he started taking on to, the, to the, the director's side when he did Way of the Dragon and stuff. And I think probably that has had a massive, massive impact in my life. Like, massively, I know it has, you know, and, you know, I think more so than I probably give it credit for. Um, and I think in the back of my mind, but I've not, it's like, although I wanted 
to sort of like be Bruce Lee as a kid. I think as a, as as an adult, I just wanted to be Lee Charles. So I just wanted to be I wanted to be me, and I wanted to. No, I'm not really bothered about proving proving people wrong, but I wanted to. I wanted to set goals for myself that were just so unrealistic that it was like, you know, you, you know, if I said to someone, so what do you want to do? Go work in Hollywood. And you're like, what? Do what? You know, you're from Rock Ferry, mate. You know, you're not allowed to do these things. And I think in my head, if, if I if I honestly believe, and, I, and like I believe, and I try and give this trait to all my students, to all the kids, if you honestly believe that you want to do something and you set your mind that focused and you you put hard work and determination and you know you push yourself to do that, then you'll do it, you'll achieve it. The only person, and I say this all the time, the only person that stops you from achieving anything in your life is you. It's not nobody else, it's you. You know, so what someone shuts the door on you? So so what someone goes, No, you can't. You can, you know, people just give up too quick. I'd never give up. You can, you can give me a million no's. You know, I, I, my attitude is, for every no that I get, I'm one step closer to someone saying yeah. So keep giving me them no's. You know, you know, every every time, you know, every time I got caught in sparring, and I, and like you can, you'd sort of like be sitting sitting down, going, oh my god. It was one cl- one step closer to not being caught, you know, and every loss was one step closer to, to winning. And I've had that attitude with everything of my, my whole life. Um, I, I honestly believe that, and, and I'll say this say this all the time, you know, and, you know, we, we, everybody has circumstance and everybody has a story and everybody has, like, like this sort of, negative thing where it's always someone else's fault and this and that and, and I get I get it I do get it but primarily at the end of the day the only person that can stop you from failing is you because the minute you give up on yourself that's it it's done you know and it's like but don't just 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 don't you know, it's like that saying, isn't it? You know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a meme. Like, there's a meme, isn't it? There's like two guys digging for gold. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, what well, one guy gets one piece of gold and stops, and then walks away, where the other guy keeps going, and you can see the big treasure of gold. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's like, why give up when you're like, when you're nearly there? When you, because you'd never know how close you are to to achieving what you want to do anyway. So. So yeah, so you know, in terms of for me, I just have that that, that attitude where you know I, I I make things that unrealistic in my head that if I fall short, they're still pretty pretty high. Well, this is it. Was it aim for the? Was it aim for the um, sun or whatever? Aim for the moon. If you fall short, you'll be on the stars or something like that kind of yeah. thing. But yeah, it's it's a really inspirational kind of mindset that that kind of persistence over everything else and that kind of I don't know it's it's um it's a, it's an interesting kind of point you've made there because it's not just the stubbornness of doing it it's also having the flexibility to adapt to it and you know as long as you stay disciplined and stay consistent with the willingness to adapt that's what's going to get you there because a lot of people you'll find they just have this mindset of um just keep going as like a macro kind of looping statement but <laughs> if you're trying to push a pool door you can only get so far <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah 
I, 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 you know what? I, th- I think, and a lot of it's down to character as well, mm. and and sort of like who you are as a character, and, and how, you know, and everyone, everyone can change. Everyone can change who they are, but you've got to want to change. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the the stuff that I've done to to get sort of where I am now. You know, I know a lot of people wouldn't do. I know, I know. There's a lot of people out there that that wouldn't do. You know, I've worked, I've worked on movies where, or like uh, jobs where, sort of, you know, I haven't been able to afford my own hotel at a thing, and I've slept in a car on a layby of a thing, you know, and and gone to service station of a morning and and got showered and changed the service station and, you know, and and like so you're you're on a production and you're filming. And everything's like hunky dory and everything's great, but you know you're in this in the, in this predicament where, at the end of it, you know you're having to go and get yourself a meal deal from Boots and then sleep sleep in a layby, you know, and it's sort of like not even Tesco's, God. <laughs> <laughs> Times are hard. <laughs> but but it's it's that it, it's having that mindset that sort of I think you know you. you 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 just just not a you just not to to give up on who you are and give up on yourself, um, and you know and whether that be you know and I've always had that when I was, whether I was fighting whether I was competing whatever whatever I've ever, ever done um, I, I've I've had that attitude towards everything and that comes from my fighting you know as I said I said to you before and I said it again you know as a kid I wasn't I wasn't the most talented but. I was the most determined, and I was I was never and never 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 give up on anything I did, ever. Wow, I mean, again, this sort of did you mainly get that kind of mindset from your martial arts specifically, or something you've always had in general? Um, I'd say from my martial arts. So I'd definitely say from my martial arts. You know, I was I started off with Shotokan Karate. Um, I'll tell you, tell you <laughs> that, that this this is where my mindset comes from, right? So. So I started Shotokan Karate when I was probably six, five or six, okay? During the time that I did martial arts, um, we didn't do, 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 you had this traditional elements that they wouldn't grade certain students to a black belt if they were under a certain age. So, well, so when we were kids, you like um, some of the instructors that I trained with didn't believe in grading, you know, kids to black belts, which is fair enough. You know, obviously, you know that that's how tradition was back in them days. But when you were a brown belt, <laughs> right, for six years, right, six years, and within them six years, you could see students coming in and starting and getting to black belt and then leaving. During during that time, you're stuck on this one belt that installs a certain amount of sort of. Um, tenacity that you, you you're gonna get to the end and you're gonna get to get you know you're gonna you're gonna get to this goal you know that that goal's there and you can see everyone overtaking you all the time but i think it built it built something in, in, inside me apart from like within the systems that i teach now i would never have a brown belt again in my life and what in whatever i teach um because of because i was stuck i was stuck on that grade but it, it installed this so it installed this this attitude to me um and i think the people that i had around me at the time as well you know my my my, my sifu master brian mckinney uh through from my wushu and my sandor and 
and stuff. And he, he, he taught me some karate. He was a friend of my dad. You know, I had people like uh, Terry O'Neill that, that that were around my dad. He was one of my dad's friends. And then my old karate instructors like Mick O'Reilly and um, and the Grimmers. So I had I had I had I had this influx of people that sort of. As much as I never give up on myself, they never give up on me. Well, it's good that you've got that kind of relationship as well. And again, to be stuck on a brown belt that long, I mean, <laughs> that's painful. Yeah, it was it was horrific. It was horrific. Um, but I think it, you know, it, you know, you, you say to kids now, if you do stuff, it builds character. That that was probably the the biggest character building I've ever done. <laughs> God. Oh, fantastic. Well, a massive, massive thank you for your time. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Lee A. Charles. Um, I'm on Instagram as Mr. Lee A. Charles. Uh, and you can find my actors page on uh, Facebook as well, just Lee Charles. And you'll see, probably see pictures of Len at the moment because he seems to be the most most popular guy in town. Um, or unpopular guy in that world, I don't know why you. Infamous. Um, yeah, most infamous, yeah. Um, and obviously... Uh, Anyone that watches, uh, anyone that's got Sky Atlantic, you can go on and check out Gangs of London, which is now available. All episodes are available to download, um, and you'll 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 see you'll see my episode on there. Cool. All those will be in the description. Thank you for listening, guys. And this episode has been sponsored by Mauler MMA. Use code FC MMA twenty at checkout on MaulerMMA.com for twenty percent off on all products.